All right. Well, uh, last week we had Shannon from Ohio on the show talking about her husband's mental and physical abuse towards her. And we ran a little uh, short of time, so I really couldn't give my opinion on how I felt about the situation. I posted my thoughts on our blog on uh, newendings.online. Uh, if you'd like to go there and, and read it, um, that's newendings.online. It, it did make me think a little uh, about the whole situation, though, and how we have to be open, open-minded to everyone's hurts, habits, and hang-ups. I really don't understand abusing a woman and it would never cross my mind to hit a woman or mentally abuse someone to the point of mental breakdown. But on the other hand, the same man that, uh, you know, is abusing his wife, he may not understand how I could drink Crown Royal whiskey around the clock for 30 years or how someone could uh, be a shopaholic to the point of bankruptcy. Or he may not understand why uh, someone would use drugs until they've lost everything, including their children. The point is that every person's hurt, habit, or hang-up is personal to them, and that's the way they deal with their pain. The goal here at New Endings is simple. It's to uh, get each person to realize they need to change and to show them how Celebrate Recovery um, has helped me and each one of our guests that come on. And, uh, you know, each, each week we have these folks on the show that uh, they've all, you know, uh, have, have made progress. So today uh, we have Leah from Michigan. She's going to be talking about her uh, fight with rage. Uh, a lot of people deal with anger and rage, and it, it doesn't necessarily have to involve alcohol and drugs. Uh, Leah's going to talk about how her issue uh, with rage kind of came to a head and uh, what she did about it, you know, using uh, Al-Anon and uh, Celebrate Recovery Together. And uh, let's uh, welcome to the show, Leah. Thank you, Darren. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Wonderful. All right. Well, Leah, I'm, I'm sure you've listened to uh, a few of our shows, and you know how this works. Of course. Um, yep. we're, we're looking for you, to, um, you know, to what led you to that moment that made you flip and, and realize that you had to change. The only way we can really set the stage for people is to uh, know a little bit about you. So why don't you go back in time and tell us a little bit uh, about your home life as a child so we can get uh, a feel for, you know, where you came from. Sure, absolutely. Um, thank you for letting me share. I believe in serve or suffer, um, and I am a believer who struggles with codependency and rage. Um, I grew up in a home um, here in um, near Lansing, Michigan, where alcoholism and drug abuse and violence was prevalent, and Jesus was not. Um, both of my parents had... Um, four or five siblings apiece, and there's not one of them that's not impacted by this crazy disease of alcoholism. Um, And so um, I think my propensity towards rage began at the tender age of around three. Um, Mm -hmm. My mom was sexually assaulted in our home by a family member who was drunk. and that made me fearful of men and um, angry that nothing was done about that later on. It also aggravated or um, accentuated my dad's anger and his propensity towards violence. Um, and so it broke up our family for a while. So you have all of those crazy issues. Um, I also have three siblings, three sisters uh, below me. I'm the oldest of four girls. and. Um, just in our own home um, growing up um, when our dad would drink um, and drug 
he would he would just he would absolutely lose it and um his his brothers and him were always in fights there was i just assumed that anger was how people dealt with things i didn't know any other way so, um, so a lot of screaming and yelling going on all the time, I guess, right? Oh, all the time. Yeah. Like I, you know, the number to the police department was memorized. Oh boy. Um, you know, we could, you know, call and um, pick up, and they'd say, you know, is this the, um, you know, the the Scott residence and mm-hmm. what have you? And yep, yeah, it's us. We'll be there in a minute. So I mean, they knew us. Yeah. They knew us well. So. All right. Well, um, um, you were kind of the oldest one, so you're probably trying to protect the little ones, I guess, for the most part. Protect the little ones, yeah. yeah. Get them to safety. Protect my mom because you stepped in as a husband role or the other spouse role for the parents that you're trying to protect and what have you is just crazy. And so then I I just remember being angry. And um, like I said, Jesus wasn't really prevalent. We didn't go to church or anything. And um, ironically, I do remember... um, the Our Father, my mom did ceramics, and so um, she had made a ceramic Bible, and the Our Father was um, on the table, and I said that often, and then the Serenity Prayer was a home interiors wall plaque that hung up, and um, that was, those were the two prayers that I prayed continually, um, not knowing later in my life how much significance they would have. Right. Um, so th- there wasn't a whole lot... Earliest mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, there wasn't a whole lot of church going on in the family, I guess, then. No. Uh-huh. Nope, nope. We did go to, there was a little one-room schoolhouse-type um, church behind us, um, mm-hmm. and so we would walk over there. It wasn't even a half a block away. Um, during the summer, my mom would send us over there for vacation Bible school. Yeah. And um, that is where I prayed to receive Christ. I was 10 or 11 years old still have the Bible um, here in my home and um, but there was no there was no fruit again I didn't know I just I didn't know if my parents were believers I I just didn't well but it was a personal thing with you I mean you went uh, back there you heard you heard something that you knew was right even though everything else was in chaos at the time and right and God God was speaking to you and uh, so even at that age with everything else going on you were able to Right. to kind of figure out what you need to do. Now, the you know, yeah. the work came later, but uh, at least, yep. uh, at least you know, he, he was starting on you young. So that's that's a good yeah. thing. Yes, yes, right. yeah, and I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. I do remember, um, like, uh, like, three incidences of rage before my, my big rage attack or anger mm-hmm. or what have you. Um, I remember that after we had spoke the other day on the phone, Darren, mm-hmm. and it was... Um, I was mad at myself. I wanted, I was trying to do my hair like some TV commercial or something I had seen or what have you. And I got so angry at my hair. This is how ridiculous um, dysfunctional emotions can get um, that I beat my head with the butt of the hairbrush for a long time. Like it was bruised and it was sore for about a week. And then um, when I was in, I believe it was the, fourth grade, um, I was always trying to put together these clubs out on the playground, and and I was always the captain of the club. And Karen, um, a very dear friend of mine now, um, she wasn't doing what I wanted to, 
wanted her to. So I grabbed her by the hair of the head, and I I just banged her head into the chain link fence behind her, um, and everything. And I, and again, I just I just back then it just everything seemed so normal. Like this is what you do. Right. Well, there's a difference between so. anger and and <laughs> and rage. You know, the rage part is. Uh, almost like well you are out of control you know so there's a little right. bit, and we'll hear a yeah. little bit more about yeah. that later but you you, you yeah. made it you made it through your childhood and you you were still walking mm-hmm. around so you yep. uh you end up hooking up with your boyfriend uh i guess was, well you were 18 i think you told me so you were just like right out of right out of school and you guys right. uh, um it was earlier than that actually i was really? 14 yeah. Oh, yep. okay. so younger and he was he was 18 i bet you that's where you were getting okay. that from right. so um, so, I was mm-hmm. my, it was my freshman year of high school okay. and I stayed with him for seven years. He was also cross, cross addicted. Okay. So you were um, living together then you guys, you guys were living together or you, you weren't married, right? No, no we did okay. live together. Um, I think I moved out when I was about 18 Okay, All and right. I lived with him for three years, I believe. Okay, great. So yep. how'd that whole situation go? Yep. Yeah. That was, um, again, he was violent. Um, and the one incident that I remember the most is um, he was drunk, of course, and um, he had he was an avid hunter. He hunted with my dad, and he um, had sharpened one of his hunting knives and then gotten, and when he was sharpening it, he just ran it across his hand and it slit his hand open. Um, and this was a few days prior to us getting into an argument and I couldn't tell you what that was about. It doesn't matter really. Mm-hmm. Um, what matters was, is he, you know, I'm begging him not to do whatever or, you know, quit drinking or whatever it was we were fighting about. I, I'm not even sure. And I was down on my knees in front of him on the floor and he had that knife in his hand. And he said, if you um, really trust me, you'll let me do this. And he kept crisscrossing it on my neck. And, um, I had to push it away and it wasn't because I didn't trust it him. It was because I knew what the knife had done to his hand right. and I was uh, wanting to live kind of thing. Well, you know, that's a so, living's always good. So it's probably the <laughs> yeah. right decision there, yeah. but it sounds yeah. like you just kind of went out of the, came out of the, the childhood house and went right back into the same thing. Correct. Uh, you couldn't see yeah. that coming or you, it just seemed normal. So you just went into it or right. what were yeah. your feelings there? Yeah. Yeah, like the first time I I met him um was at his um at his stepfather's house. His mother had cleaned for the stepfather what have you. And so um he came out of the kitchen and he had a 2 liter bottle of Coke that he had dumped halfway out and then filled it back up with Jack Daniels. So um oh, okay. And yeah. that was his drink. It be you know, he didn't do a cup. He always did the 2 liter. And he smoked cigarettes, and I'm like, wow, he's kind of cool. He fit right in with my family, kind of thing. Okay. Um, So. Well, I um, I guess um, the famous question I always ask is, why'd you stay so long? If if uh, there was abusive, if there's alcohol, drugs, uh you said something about some infidelity, and uh, yeah, you know, so there there was nothing was good about it. So so right. Why? What made you? What was in your head? What were you thinking? What made you stay in that situation? Um, like I said, I had met him when I was a freshman. We had just moved home from Iowa. Um, my dad had attempted a geographical cure, 
Um, so we moved from Michigan to Iowa for a couple of years and um, the drinking and the violence between my parents got really bad. It was horrendous. Um, and that, so I come back here and I meet him and it was the one thing that was consistent. Like we couldn't move back into our old home for a while. It was, it was just crazy. And that's, that's my only justification, if you will. I really don't know why I stayed, Mm -hmm. um, other than it was consistent and it was familiar and it was manageable for other things that were so out of control. Um, so, so it was a lesser of two evils, I guess. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. And, and you were comfortable because yeah, you so. kind of grew up the way. So I, I guess I can get that. Yeah. But uh, yeah. so anyway, after the knife uh, debacle, there you you figured, okay, well, right. I better get out of here. So you guys yeah. uh, kind of split yeah. up, but you you uh, ended up meeting somebody else. He was a DJ or <laughs> yeah, something. I met my um, my husband, um, and that was two months after I had broken off with him. So clearly not enough time to, uh, get to know me or anything like that. Um, this is why we tell people in, in, um, recovery, you know, no relationships for a year, possibly two. Um, and it's just so that you can get sober, stay sober, um, for you. Um, because if you're doing it for anybody else, we all know that that doesn't work. Right. So, I harp on that all the time. I mean, the only person that can make a change yeah. is the person, you know, yourself. That's all. You yeah. know, your parents can't make a change, family, any, right. you know, wives, right. husbands. It doesn't matter. The only person yeah. who can do it is, yeah. is yourself. So you got to, and once yeah. you do make the change, you got to make sure that you stick to it. You can't just jump out of, like you said, just jump out of one thing back into the other because you're just going to fall right back Correct. into the same routine. But, uh, right. so, so this DJ you, you married and, uh, how, how long, how long did that, uh, last? It lasted, um, 28 years. Okay. So it lasted quite a while, but, uh, mm-hmm. uh at the beginning, cause, cause I know we're coming up to, to your, uh, rage and that type of thing. What was going on? Um, because you'd only been married a few months or something, right? When uh-huh. things were going south, I mean, what what was happening uh-huh. in the house? Was it similar to what you've been uh-huh. used to, or what was leading up to yeah. this? Yeah, um, if you if you're if you're tracking with my story, you can see the propensity for um, what I called my rage blackout um, mm-hmm. building, like it, and it was just it was a stew brewing. And here's the bottom line. The common denominator in all of that is me. Um, So I thought my husband was different in that he was gainfully employed and he did not drink. Um, And and when we first started out, it was was good. Um, And I think in part it was good because he worked nights and I worked days. So we had little time for arguments and when we did see each other we enjoyed each other's company um so you come so yeah mm-hmm. so it was right but that three was only, months yeah three uh, months i was gonna say it was just just a few months yeah. i wouldn't like it was years or anything yeah. so so this has right. all been building up inside of you and uh all the right. anger that you had as a kid and the 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 last boyfriend and everything else i could imagine it was getting uh-huh. getting to the point of eruption but uh correct so so you end up well tell us the story you end up going 
uh, mm-hmm. to go ahead. You go ahead. He and was tell a us. DJ, yeah. and then um, they go out on remotes often. You know, they go to various public places, and um, they can bring their spouses, and that's what we did. It was Halloween. We were married in late August, so September, October. Um, um, it, like I said, it was Halloween, so two months really. Um, and we got into an argument, and you know, I'm going to practice my best traits and argue back and um, not be told um, to be quiet or, you know, not, I I would say I was a fighter as well. Like, don't you dare hit me (laughs) kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So it just built and um, we left it that work environment and we got home and that's when I couldn't cap it. I opened my mouth on that man in a fit of rage and I couldn't control it. And I was sober doing it. I was doing everything my dad would do to us when we were growing up. Um, Cause it's, it, for those that know that kind of anger or that kind of rage, one, I, I did, I couldn't tell you what I said. I have no clue of what I said. That's why I call it a blackout uh, rage. Um, I couldn't stop. I knew subconsciously what I was doing to my husband. Um, and I knew that I was going to need some help. All right. So and this is so kind of a, this just basically shocked you into reality. And you, you know, that, that's yeah. kind of, that's kind of your, that's your, your flip story. That's when you flip and you thought, Oh right. my gosh, I got to do something else here. What, right. what is going on? Correct. Yep. So, so what, yep. when you're, when you come to that realization, what are your feelings about yourself after the adrenaline kind of left and you looked at, looked back at what right. you've done? What were you thinking after everything calmed down, you sat down, what was going through your head then? Right. Um, well, what the heck was going on? First, you know, like, what the heck happened? And then I wanted to blame my, well, if my dad didn't do this, then I wouldn't have it. The ex-boyfriend wouldn't, mm-hmm. you know, all of that. Um, I would tell you now, um, years into, and probably six Celebrate Recovery step studies later, maybe more than that, maybe seven or eight of them. Um, I peeled back the onion enough, and it was actually just in my last step study this past fall, where I realized um, when my dad was drunk, and I want you to understand, I have a beautiful relationship with my father these days. Um, My kids love him. He is their papa. Um, He has asked for forgiveness. It's beautiful, it really is. Um, not because he changed, but because the 12 steps and Jesus work. So okay. I had the privilege, um, I think when I turned 30, um, of leading my dad into um, into a relationship with Jesus. Oh, good. Oh, so, excellent. Uh, right. Yeah. I don't think so I that knew that was, part. Yeah. So you're it back in this, you'd sat around, you thought, well, I can't do this anymore. I got I to gotta go a different direction. And uh, right, right, right. Very unusual yeah. that uh, that you end up in Al-Anon. Y- usually, yeah. I, would I mean, it's, say it's that was a total God thing as yeah, well. Because I mean, that's my us- aunt, mm-hmm. my dad's youngest sister, her son, my cousin, um, it was an addict, and um, mm-hmm. she had started going to this thing called Al-Anon, and um, she was learning about how much she had controlled things all of her life and I literally didn't know what to do mental health wasn't talked about 
all that much. I would tell you I probably I know I got depressed because I couldn't get out of bed for days unless I was going to work and what have you. Um, so I thought, well, I will go to that meeting. Okay. Um, well, and you and stayed I, in Alanine for quite a while, right? Yes, it was 13 years. 13 years in Alanine, and, and, and that's usually yeah. just family uh-huh. members of alcoholics. And here you're you're doing something that is completely different. So. Uh, uh-huh. You know, any type of these uh, of twelve-step programs uh, help the difference with celebrate recovery is that you know our true higher power is Jesus Christ. And, Correct. Uh, we have yep. a lot. Of, we have a lot yep. of uh, you know scriptures involved with our, our steps yep. and our eight principles and that type of thing. But Alan, yep. and I always say, uh, you know, AA is great for you know people with problems with alcohol just as much as celebrate recovery. It's just kind of a different, uh, yeah. different feel. But uh, yeah. but at one point you became involved in, with CR, right? Yes, um, it was 13 years um, that I was in the program. We had switched churches, and uh, Pastor Royce Allen um, from Trinity Church uh, put out a, a, an announcement. He was looking for people who had recovery experience to help them start this, this um, Christ-centered program. Um, it had eight principles instead of 12 steps. And I thought, oh, I was looking for a place to serve. Um, again, that's my that's my core value when it comes to recovery. Um, if you're not serving, you're you're suffering. Right. right. And so, um, volunteered for about eight weeks. We started in March of 2004. Right. Um, and it it just wasn't flying. Um, and I uh, had the privilege of being sent to Saddleback. Um, I think it was in July um, so started in March was sent to Saddleback or yeah, um, Saddleback's in, July, in, uh, in Southern California summit. that's where it all started right that's mm-hmm. where Celebrate yeah. Recovery started yeah. in Saddleback so, so that's quite a privilege I think they were 10 or 11 years old mm-hmm. so um, yeah so it was it was really cool to go and experience that and it was um, I had I had two um, spiritual awakenings, love my 12th step, the eighth principle, you know, having had that spiritual awakening. Um, and I think that's what Celebrate Recovery did for me the most, because you, you have your Alan on face where, and it has its purpose, where we don't necessarily declare who our higher power is, although I will tell you more and more here, at least in the Lansing area, you hear um, that Jesus is their higher power. Mm-hmm. And um, I forgot where I was going with that. That's all right. But uh, you're, you, you were making progress yourself, obviously. And uh, mm-hmm. it, it, was your husband uh, supportive of this at the time? Or how, how did he deal with all this? I mean, he, he obviously, if he was going to celebrate recovery, he was having issues of his own. Um, so Correct. was he supportive of what you were doing? Was he helping himself? What was going on between the two of you? We were, we were, he was involved with the church as well. Okay. So at this time, he's no longer a DJ. Um, we have okay. kids. Um, I mm-hmm. think we had two when we started this ministry. And um, it was, um, he was on the worship team or what have you. And mm-hmm. um, it was kind of cool. And then um, I think it was in 2008, um, Peter Diaz, a state rep in Texas now um, asked me to come on as a state rep. At that time okay. in Michigan, there were six Celebrate Recoveries. 
um, and he wanted help opening up more. And so I volunteered for that. And I think that's where um, my husband um, got more involved with okay. it. And it's somewhere in there, um, uh, my husband had his own habits, hurts and hang-ups. And um, there was a gentleman that was coming to share his testimony with us and um, had the same area. And so I said to him, I said, you know, you might want to come. Um, we're doing dinners now and you can, you know, we can all eat as a family and the kids can go down to childcare. You know, you might, if you want to listen, if not, it's not a big deal. And he came and he stayed and he got involved. He's done a couple of step studies. Um, yeah. yeah. So, I think towards, towards the end, cause you, so yeah. you, you folks ended up separating. So towards, towards the Correct. end, um, I mean, there had to be a last moment of what made you decide that you have to do something. I mean, what was going on? towards the end that's going to make you make a decision like that you didn't just wake up one morning and say hey we i think we should separate what was what was happening there there's uh-huh. obviously something uh-huh. going on. Uh-huh. um again he had his own habits hurts and hang-ups um and there's some still some core issues that are happening so right. i can't really sure all right i can't yeah i can't share a uh, whole lot okay. um but i will tell you i um I was I was required to go to a clinical psychologist and deal with my issues um, if I wanted to continue to live in our home. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's and I started working with her in 2014 or 15, um, trying to still salvage the marriage and what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a day where it came to a point where. She said to me, how do you know when you're done? Um, And that was the first time that anybody had ever really given me that kind of line of thought. I didn't know I could. I'm a a believer. I'm a Christian. I'm a a ministry leader. I don't believe in divorce. Um, It was just a very toxic environment, not only for me and him, but for our then now three children. So... All right, so you you ended up separating. You said, okay, the, I, I've had enough or whatever, and you made that decision, and, and you know, uh-huh. for, for whatever reason, and that was over. So now you're on your own. You have three kids, and, uh-huh. uh, you know, we only have a couple minutes left. Uh, sure. Uh, you, after all this that we've talked about, then you find out <laughs> you have breast cancer. Why don't you tell us yeah. a little bit about what happened there? Yeah. yeah. Um, what I want you to know about the divorce is it took me five years from saying, I am, I'm all done. I can't, I've done everything mm-hmm. to actually filing for divorce in January of 2020. Mm-hmm. He was served in early February. We have a minor child still, um, and we were quarantined together at home because you have that six-month mandatory waiting period mm-hmm. in Michigan because it's a no-fault state. Um, and we're quarantined together, and that got very ugly. But I will tell you, And I can tell you with the utmost certainty, um, I may have found Jesus Christ in 12-step meetings, but combining the Al-Anon and the Celebrate Recovery, um, I felt whole, and I needed that. Um, I served for 14 or 15 years, it was 15, um, in the Celebrate Recovery ministry. Um, I don't serve at that church anymore. and I, so then that was January, February, the quarantine of COVID, 
Um, I had lost a couple of relatives to cancer as well, um, friends, all of that great stuff. And then um, my son-in-law was deployed. Um, and then our divorce is final September 2nd. And um, in December, I found out I had stage two breast cancer. Well, we've... But because my, my life verse is James uh, 1, 2 through 4, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds because you know the testing of your faith builds perseverance. Mm -hmm. And I could see where God had used every adversity, um, my mom's assault, my dad's um, violence, when, when he was drunk, and that's where, that's where I was going a little bit ago, mm -hmm. um, when he was drunk and blacked out, he would scream at us. He was an avid hunter, like I said before. Um, he would tell us we belong six feet underground. Um, he would tell us, well, tell me, I don't know about my other sisters. And my, my other sisters may have totally different perspectives. Um, but I, I remember him um, telling me if I ever wanted to be loved, I had better learn to put out. Right. And I think that's why I stayed in those two relationships, All right. in part, for All right. so long. All right. Well, Leah, we've, we've kind of you know? run out of time, unfortunately. I wish we could have heard a little bit sure. more about the breast cancer and the recovery and that type of thing. I know you're doing a lot better now. But uh, thank you very much yeah. for, for coming on. And uh, we'll see everyone next week here on uh, New Endings. My name is Darren. I'll be your host again next week, I hope.